Well, hey, hey there, happy innovators. How are you all doing today? I hope that you're doing well. And I want to talk a little bit today about a topic that I had done a podcast about a while back. It was a podcast called Antiquatech, and it was talking about this, you know, lost civilization theory, uh, you know, ancient history of the world and mud flood and all that stuff. And, you know, since the time I made that podcast, which was probably, well, at this point, probably pushing like a year ago now, um, I've been investigating this topic since then, you know, and it's become something that I'm pretty interested in and you know, pretty excited about. And it's fascinating to me. So I decided that what I would do today is talk a little bit about my theories about this idea of a mud flood and antiqua tech and uh, you know ancient civilizations that were more advanced than we realized. And um, I guess it's kind of a thought experiment. So maybe we'll call this a thought experiment. I want to start out by explaining my theory as of this date right now, which is the 11th of May, 2023. Um, you know, I've been doing my own, doing my own, doing my own research, research, research on this topic. And, um, you know, I'm starting to kind of piece together a little bit of a hypothesis or a theory as to what I think might have happened. And, you know, if you go back to that episode, you'll hear me talking about this idea that at some point in history, there was a massive cataclysm that caused the earth to like flood with a liquid form of mud. They call it liquefaction. That's the technical term. And um, I think it goes a little bit further than that. Okay, so as you may or may not know, in the Bible, there's the story of this thing called the Tower of Babel. Okay, and I believe, at least I'm starting to believe, that what we understand as the historical Tower of Babel may not be correct. Or maybe that it's not incorrect, it's more incomplete of a explanation. There's a lot more to it than just the Tower of Babel and the destruction of that tower. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bust out my Bible, my Douay Reims Bible, and I'm going to go to the chapter of Genesis where they talk about the Tower of Babel, and I'm going to read a little bit. So hang on. Okay, so now it fascinates me that in the Bible, the story of the Tower of Babel really is very short. It's a short story, only a couple of paragraphs. But I think that in those paragraphs live a huge amount of activity. Okay, it's just my theory. You know, a guy who doesn't know really anything about that. I'm not a historian. I'm not a theologian. I'm just a person who's listening to what the evidence is and coming to my own conclusions. So if you don't know the story of the Tower of Babel, I'll kind of sum it up for you right here. Okay. A long time ago in the beginning of the earth, at least of what we understand is the beginning of the earth, um, there was a civilization of people that were bad-willed and bad-spirited and they had decided that they wanted to build a tower that would reach up into heaven and they wanted to kill God. That was the goal. They wanted to go up. Okay. So even that far back, there's this idea that above us is heaven. Okay. And if they built a tower tall enough, they would actually be able to get there. Okay. So that's pretty strange. You know, what a strange concept that, you know, mankind would be able to build something that would go to heaven 
which is a place that we believe or we understand as like a supernatural place. It's not a tangible area that we can attain or, or go to without dying first. Okay. So I find that strange, but anyway, so I'm going to read to you uh, chapter 11 of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And it says this, and the earth was of one tongue and of the same speech. And when they removed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Senar and dwelt in it. And each one said to his neighbor, come, let us make brick and bake them with fire. And they had brick instead of stones and slime instead of mortar. And they said, come, let us make a city and a tower, the top whereof may reach to heaven. And let us make our name famous before we are scattered abroad into all lands. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of Adam were building. And he said, Behold, it is one people, and all have one tongue, and they have begun to do this. Neither will they leave off from their designs till they accomplish them indeed. Come ye therefore, let us go down and there confound their tongue that they may not understand one another's speech. And so the Lord scattered them from that place into all lands, and they ceased to build the city. And therefore the name thereof was called Babel, because there the language of the whole earth was confounded. And from thence the Lord scattered them abroad upon the face of all countries. Okay. Now, that was just a small paragraph or two of text, but in those verses, from my best estimation so far, it seems to me that there was like a huge amount of activity that took place. Like it says just in one sentence, and so the Lord scattered them from that place into all lands and they ceased to build the city. It's like one sentence. But in that sentence, I think there is a huge amount of destruction. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what I think has happened in our history. Okay. I'm just going to say it. Okay. I think that in the beginning of the earth, there weren't any other continents. It was all the continents that we see or that we're aware of now were all connected into one large mass of land. And on that one large mass of land, they built the Tower of Babel. And when God came down and destroyed the Tower of Babel, what that meant was the continents were broken into smaller pieces and scattered across the face of the earth. Like they were at one time, one large piece of land that was destroyed so thoroughly that it was broken into continents and maybe into the continents that we know today. Okay. Now think about that idea, that level of destruction and what that must have been like. And when you look at satellite photographs of the earth, okay. Uh, images that are taken from really, really high up in the sky. And you look at the face of the earth, you can see maybe one or two areas or maybe even three that, um, are completely fried out. You can see it from outer space or whatever. When you're looking down on the earth from a bird's eye view, you can see these areas, these pockets that are cooked out. One of them is like in Russia and the other is in the Western side of the United States, the continental divide. If you look at that area, the Northwest corner of the continental United States, you can kind of see something happened there. I mean, it looks different than anywhere else. You know, it's, it's fried. Okay. Um, 
You know, there are these things. They're called Lichtenberg signatures. You know, when you see like a lightning bolt or you know, when something has electricity flowing through it, you can see that it branches out like the branches on a tree. You know, when you look at the face of the earth, especially North America, when you look at it from a bird's eye view, you can see these Lichtenberg scars that were left by some massive, you know, amount of energy or power or electricity or something, massive bolts of something was hitting the face of the earth and just frying everything, okay? And I remember when I went to Las Vegas for the first time ever, okay? I flew from Boston to Las Vegas and, you know, I flew over the continental United States. And I remember looking out the window of the plane, especially when we got to the Continental Divide, the Rocky Mountains, like that area, Utah, um, Nevada, you know, that when we started to fly over that area, I'm looking out the window and I could not believe how amazing the landscape looked. I mean, it was absolutely stunning. And I remember saying to my wife, like, you know, I know all kinds of people that have flown over the United States and no one ever talked about how amazingly beautiful the landscape was when you fly over. But the reason I'm talking about that is because I realize now, okay, right now, what I was probably seeing from the airplane was not like, you know, uh, rock formations or mountains that were formed by continental drift or wind and erosion or something like that. What I was looking at looked like these Lichtenberg schemes, these signatures from like electricity hitting something and burning it. Okay. Um, I didn't realize that when I was seeing it for the first time, but I do now. It's part of my theory. It's part of this thing. Now, my theory about what happened as far as the Tower of Babel, you know, the earth being one large landmass, you know, surrounded by water, maybe, um, and these civilizations all existing on one piece of land, one massive piece of land. And then God, you know, hit this place and complete and total destruction of everything. Maybe that one large continent was broken up into smaller pieces. Uh, there was water in between them now, uh, ocean, as we know, um, you know, quite possibly maybe uh, causing the oceans to turn to salt water. You know, maybe at one point they were fresh water, you know, and this destruction event, this cataclysm, this chastisement or whatever you want to call it from the almighty onto the face of the earth caused all these things to happen you know mud flood you know all that stuff i mean just languages confounded and everything i kind of think i'm not sure okay this is just what i'm thinking about or kind of like what's cooking in my brain about all this is that you know, we've heard or we were taught about the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was uh, all over the face of the earth, okay? A very powerful nation, a very powerful empire. It was said that, you know, a citizen of Rome could go anywhere in the world and all they had to do was say they were a Roman citizen and they were pardoned. They were given a free pass to go wherever they wanted and do whatever they wanted. You know, I'm a Roman citizen. That's all you needed to say, okay? A very powerful nation. And we all know or have some idea about how powerful Rome was. And we're taught in our history books and things like that, that Rome fell, you know, very gradually, like over the course of like 100 or 500 years, okay? It was this very slow decay and breakdown of this empire. 
But I don't know about that. I'm starting to kind of think that quite possibly, okay, possibly, the Roman Empire was responsible for building the Tower of Babel. And the history books that we've read and the history that we've learned is not accurate. And, you know, probably not accurate on purpose. Like, we're not supposed to really know what happened. Okay, we were taught that a long time ago there was a flood, you know, and all the civilizations from a long time ago, from antiquity, they all have some kind of story about the flood, the great flood event, okay? Uh, as depicted in the Bible. And that was the first uh, chastisement or whatever, okay? And we were given the rainbow as a covenant between God and man that God, you know, had felt so saddened by the flood event and how horrible it was to literally drown every living thing on the face of the earth. He promised that he would never do that again, or that he would never use water as a form of chastisement, that he would use fire. Okay. And it says that in the Bible that God warned that in the future, if there was ever going to be another chastisement, it wouldn't be with water. It would be with fire. Well, okay. You move along a little bit in the book of Genesis, you run into the Tower of Babel, and obviously that tower was destroyed. And I, I don't know, I'm starting to kind of think that maybe our history is so convoluted and so mixed up and messed up. Like whoever those people were that decided the official story or, you know, the official narrative. Narrative, narrative, you know, the official narrative, narrative. There's a word that's way overused these days. I can't stand it when people say that now. It's like they want to sound smart, so they say narrative instead of story. That's my opinion. Anyway, I kind of wonder, I wonder if the Roman Empire was what built the Tower of Babel. I kind of wonder if it didn't fall, like the fall of the Roman Empire was not, you know, over the course of many, many centuries or many, many years. You know, maybe it happened in one day. Like one day, you know, shit hit the fan. And oh my gosh, like we can't even imagine what was going on on the face of the earth. And now all this time all these years later it's so strange to me that you know they'll be ready to build like a building in london or something or in england somewhere and they'll start digging the foundation and they'll find like a roman bathhouse like 20 or 40 feet underground you know and you know covered absolutely buried and i had heard that kind of stuff my whole life you know, the, oh, the archaeologists found a thing. They were digging and they found something. And it never occurred to me to ask the question all these years, half a century, 50 years, you know, it never occurred to me to ask the question, why is everything buried? Isn't that strange? And I have asked my friends what they think and all oh, they go, oh, it's wind and erosion, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's what we're told, but does that make any sense? To me, that doesn't make any sense. Wind and erosion. They're like 20 or 40 feet underground. Like what the hell happened? You know, what buried all this stuff? Something happened. And, you know, there are things in the world that are really, really old, but they're not buried. You know, they're there for you to see they're there so what happened where the face of the earth was literally buried that's just absolutely astounding to me i could ponder that question 
well, I probably will for the rest of my life. You know, like I'm, I'm giving you these thoughts that I have, these ideas that I have and everything. And, and maybe it's a little disjointed and I'm jumping from this to that, but I haven't really figured it all out. You know, I'm getting little pieces of information and I believe some of it and I'm not so sure about other things. And I'll take a piece of this and, oh, I see a connection over here with this thing. You know, like this and that. Oh, maybe, maybe those are connected. Like, you know, the way the Rocky Mountains look from an airplane, you know, <laughs> when you're up there and you see how crazy it is. I mean, it is not a mountain. Something happened there. Something fried that place. Okay. Go on Google Earth and look at it for yourself. I mean, it's blatantly obvious when you look at it. That that's not wind and erosion that made it look that way. Something hit that area really, really hard. Something very powerful was hitting the planet or hitting that land. And it fried whatever was there. And, you know, I kind of wonder, I really do seriously kind of wonder if the Tower of Babel, at least like the, the stronger or biggest portion of it, that's still visible today might be in the American Northwest. Like it's kind when you look at the earth, a, a snapshot of the face of the earth, you know, you can definitely see that the area in the Northwest continental United States and a large part of Russia, you can see that like something happened in those two places and I kind of wonder if the stuff that we can't see underwater like if we were able to see it we would see the evidence of even more of this destruction like the ocean is covering it but beneath the ocean there's more of this you know huge huge mountains that are just fried they're cooked and it's kind of weird because the more that I've researched and the more I hear, you know, I hear this idea that the mountains that we see on the face of the earth were not there originally. Those are not just rock formations. The idea, at least in this community of people that are doing the Antiquatech mud flood cataclysm, this school of thought, they believe that the mountains that we're looking at were at one time buildings like structures that people lived in. And when this cataclysm happened, it fried those places. They melted. It melted the rocks. The heat was so intense and the destruction was so intense on the surface of the earth that it literally melted rocks. Okay. Now consider that. How hot would it have to be in order for rocks to melt? And there's people that go, oh, that's not true. We know this. We know that. It's like, I don't know anymore um, what is accurate and what isn't. You know, I can't trust the Internet. I can't trust it 100%. You know, I can't even really trust the books that I've read either. You know, it's like there's no way... Really, when you think about it, there's no way to really verify what has happened in the past. Like, how do we know what happened? Because nobody that was there when it happened is still alive, right? Um, and there's so much to this idea. I mean, there's so many layers of mystery and fascinating nuggets of information like you know the tower of babel the melted rocks the you know the city of atlantis what was that why is it underwater what happened you know and the roman bathhouse found under a parking lot in england you know what what buried it and how did it get there and what is really going on here there's so much to this there's so much that you know these the mountains that we have 
in the continental United States, we call them mountains. Okay. But over like in Iran and those places where these mountains are cooked out there as well, they can still call them castles. They still refer to them as castles. They're not mountains, they're castles. People used to live in those things and something happened. It was really bad. It was really major and it just fried everything. I mean, it's, it's all over the world. It's all over every single country, every city, every continent on the face of the earth, whether it's round or flat or whatever, okay, has a bit of this evidence present. Every single city, every single country, everywhere, all over the world. You know, and it's only a theory. It's only a thought. You know, nobody knows for sure, you know, but I'm just kind of open to these ideas. I'm listening, I'm paying attention and I'm seeing, you know, evidence of things that's convincing to me. Like I was saying before, why is everything buried? You know, they, they show us pictures of uh, Petra, the lost city, you know, in the Middle East somewhere used to be part of like a passageway for a trade route or something. And they go, oh, look, they carved that into the rock. But when you look at the pictures, they didn't carve Petra into that mountain. It's melted. If you look at the pictures of Petra and you understand it or or you see it through the lens of something that's melted you know, melted rock as opposed to a castle that's carved into a mountain. I mean, it's blatantly obvious. And, you know, I ask myself, why didn't I ever notice this before? Like, I've seen Petra before. I've seen the Rocky Mountains before. You know, I've, I've seen this stuff. You know, I saw that all my life, whenever... You know, uh, they were digging to do something. They'd they'd stumble across something that was buried. And I never asked myself, why is it buried? You know, these bigger questions, you know, and you want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because I was busy doing other stuff. You know, I had a life like I was learning about other things. I had goals and ambitions. I didn't have the time or even the inclination to look into these things or care. You know, I read my history book. I got an A in history and I moved on. You know, that was what it was about. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's not enough anymore, you know? And I suppose that really I could keep talking about this, but it's almost impossible to talk about it without this idea of talking about the dead internet and how, you know, this idea that information or the age of information or, you know, the computers and the internet and these things were supposed to give us all the information in the world, you know, like put me in touch just at the stroke of a key on my keyboard. I could get the information about anything I wanted. Okay, that was the dream or that was the belief. Maybe it still is for a lot of people. They still believe it's that way. But the reality is, is that when you start to look into this dead internet thing, you start to realize that, man, there's something to that. There's not as much information there anymore. Like who would have ever guessed that this promise of, all the information in the world would eventually lead to no accurate information at all ever again. Think about that. That's another podcast. But, you know, these two topics, this idea of a false history and, uh, you know, an inaccurate story of what happened in our history and the timeline that we understand, like, you know, what are the dark ages? You mean to tell me there was a thousand year period or whatever it was, 500 or a thousand years where 
no humans wrote anything down? What are you talking about? And why didn't I question that, you know, 30 years ago when they told me that there was this thing called the Dark Ages where there was no, you know, account of what was happening. Nobody wrote anything down. It's a blank page in the book of history. That doesn't make any sense. What was going on during the Dark Ages? What are the Dark Ages? That's ridiculous. What was going on? I don't, I'll never know. I can try to find out, but I'll never really be able to know for sure. Right? So, and that dead internet thing falls right in the line with that. Like, how, how can you research anything if the information that you're able to see, the facts and the information you're able to see are decided by someone else? They're, they're filtered, they're censored. Uh, you know, what a strange concept that in the age of information, when all the information is going to flow, it turns into zero information flowing. That's where we're at right now. You can't really truthfully believe that almost anything you see on the internet is real. It's that messed up right now. Uh, and this idea of a false history, a false <laughs> narrative. Narrative, the false narrative. Um, I don't know. It's pretty freaky, pretty freaky. So to sum it up, my theory so far you know, is that the Tower of Babel, probably, maybe, maybe, that's what I should say, maybe, uh, is the story about how the earth was at one time, one large mass of land filled with people, whether they were giants or not, or small people or just normal sized humans. I don't know. I don't know. Were there giants? Maybe the Bible talks about giants. And everybody goes, oh, it's like a metaphor or it's a myth or whatever. Maybe it's not. Maybe, oh, here's a thought. Maybe the only real and accurate source of truth about the history of the world is the Bible. Like, wouldn't that be strange if the story of the Bible is the only real truth that we can get about the history of the earth? I don't know. This conversation is not over. And uh, I'm sure that after I listen to this podcast, I'll be like, oh, I left out so much stuff because I didn't sit down and write out notes and an outline about what I wanted to talk about. And here's point A, point B, point C. And I might regret that, but I don't know. I put the mic up. I started talking and this is it. But this conversation is not over. I'm going to talk to you more about this in another podcast. And um, for now, we're just going to leave it there. All right. My happy innovators. Thank you for joining me on this weird thought experiment. I hope that I didn't mess you up too much. I hope that I made sense in some way. Um, <laughs> that's all I can do is hope. Anyway, so my happy innovators, remember, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. Okay, all you cowboys, you happy innovators that are gracious enough with your time to stick around to the end of the podcast for some music. I'm going to share with you today three of my favorite pipe choir songs, at least my favorites as of late. You know, my favorites change from time to time, but today I'm going to share with you a song that I find myself listening to a lot more than I thought I would. A song called Everything Will Be Alright. 
and I'm going to share with you another song called The Damage a Lie Can Do. And then I'm going to share with you probably one of my all-time favorite pipe choir songs, a song called Bomb Bomb Breakthrough. So without further ado, here we go, my happy innovators. yippee ti yay Be safe, be happy, have fun, and enjoy the music. Thank you. 
<laughs> you know, the official narrative. 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 You know, the official narrative. 